Well, a typical question we ask each other when we meet up with each other is, how's your week been, right? And, and, and when we ask this question, we ask it uh, wanting to know how things have been, because we really haven't seen each other for some of us since the last week. And, and when we ask this question, there's usually two responses that are given back. The first is, good. I am doing good. And, and really, it's one of those things that I can't really complain too much. Things haven't been bad. It's just been an okay week, so I'm good. I'm good. My week has been good. And the other one that we typically respond with is busy. Life is busy at times. And I think we all recognize that at some point in, in life, we're always constantly busy. It doesn't matter if you're in high school still. It doesn't matter if you're just starting your career or halfway through your career or even if you're retired. Life seems to always be busy. When I look at my life, I, I see this to be true. There is always something to do, something to accomplish. There is always something that I could be doing more. And even when I go to bed at night, there are times that I run through my list in my head of things that I still should have gotten done today that I didn't. My house has a lot of projects that are still to be done, and it's one of those things that's kind of just sitting on the back burner because I don't have enough time in the day to get it all done. Life is busy. There is one person in the life of Jesus who understood this to be true. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you, we, we meet this person in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. This is the second of four encounters with Jesus that we're looking at in the book of Luke, where Jesus sits down for just a moment and he shares a meal and he discusses what it means to follow him. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, we read this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So we're introduced to, to Jesus coming into a town and we're introduced to these two ladies, Martha and Mary. And if we were to read the rest of the gospel story, we would find a couple of different things we'd learn about this couple. Uh, one, uh, they are pretty wealthy. Right? They, Martha has a large enough house to host Jesus as well as the 12 disciples. Right? She's able to provide a meal for them. So she has a pretty large house and, and enough money to feed all these people. And in that time period, this would have been abnormal. So they're well-to-do. Uh, we also learn that these two live in the town of Bethany. Right, Luke doesn't really tell us that that's where Jesus is at at this time, but that is where he is, very close to where Jerusalem is at. Also, we find out that Jesus knows these people. Jesus uh, will be away from Bethany when Martha and Mary's brother Lazarus dies. And when Jesus hears about it, he comes all the way back and he breaks down weeping because he loves this family. He's close 
to this family. And so Jesus has come into the town of Bethany, and here Martha is ready to open her doors to Jesus, and that is when everything kind of goes downhill for her. We, uh, we kind of know this. Thanksgiving is coming up this week, and for some of us, we're going to be hosting Thanksgiving dinner at our house. And you can just imagine all the work that goes into that. Uh, my wife and I thought we were going to be hosting her family until some things happened. So about two weeks ago, we decided that we were going to clean the house and get it ready to show to our my brother-in-law and his wife for the very first time. And so we started on the downstairs and, and took us a whole weekend to pick up all the toys and to clear off the kitchen counter and to clean out the living room and, and, and the uh, schoolroom. And we had plans over the next two weeks to clean up the upstairs, only to find out that last Saturday we needed to redo everything that we had done. Yesterday uh, was a long day. But when we have guests coming... We know what it means to be busy. When we have guests coming over for something big, there's a lot to get done. And Martha, she is there working, distracted by everything that has to be accomplished, and she's doing it by herself. Mary, her sister, it appears that she has started to help Martha, but when Jesus walks into the door, Mary stops and sits at Jesus' feet while Martha continues. Life is busy. And, and it's always, there is always something that we can do. If we work, we know this. We know that there is a project that the boss has given us and we work all very hard to get it accomplished only to have the boss hand us another project. There's always something to do. If we own our houses, we know that to be true as well. There's always that one project that you get it done and then you realize, oh wait, there's something over here that I need to work on. We just constantly are doing and doing and doing. And if you have kids or grandkids, that busy dial turns up to like 100. Whether it's ball games, school plays, dances, there's always something there. This next month is probably one of the busiest times for many of us. Uh, we have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas, we have New Year's, and we have all this stuff that we have to do with our family, right? We have to, especially when we have larger families, we have to kind of figure out, okay, when are we going over to grandma's? All right, when are we having people over here? What, what time works best for everyone? Because in many cases, it's not an easy time to figure that out. Life is busy, and on, on top of that, of everything that we're going to be doing this next month with our family, we have church. There's men's breakfast, adult Christmas parties, youth programs, ladies' night. There's a ton of things that we can be doing over the next month. 
So we understand this busyness. And the thing is, is that we oftentimes pride ourselves on how busy we are. I mean, just think about, just think about this for a moment. When we ask you, how has your week been? And you tell us busy, and I do it myself, we say busy. Why do we say it like that? Because everyone's busy. Everyone has things to do. So why are we telling people I'm busy? Because we're proud of it. It's like that badge on our shoulders letting everyone know, I have something to do. I am busy. Busyness has seeped into our culture. Busyness has seeped into our church. Martha was busy. She was so busy, in fact, that it kept her from experiencing Jesus. It says that she was distracted with everything that needed to be done, that she missed out on Jesus' presence. And I wonder if in the midst of our busyness, if we have missed out on Jesus. I wonder if we've been distracted by the busyness of life that we've missed out on Jesus in our work, in our homes, in our churches, and what he is trying to teach us in life. Martha is busy and and she is working so hard that she gets to the point where she gets very frustrated with Mary for not helping her. So at the end of verse 40, we read that she comes up to Jesus and she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. It appears that Mary began to help Martha at the beginning. And when Jesus shows up, she's just kind of left Martha out by herself. And so Martha, being so upset, goes to Jesus and says, you need, you need to do two things for me, Jesus. The first thing that she asked Jesus to do is to demand that Mary be as busy as she is. Tell her to help me. What do we think about people who aren't as busy as we are. I mean, this is a, this is a struggle for me sometimes, right? Like, like when we're doing something here and we're hauling up tables and I'm looking at that guy that's a lot stronger than I am and he's not doing anything, what do we think of that? Oftentimes, and again, this is a struggle I have. I don't know about you guys. Maybe, maybe it's just me. you know. But I think that if they're not working as hard as I'm working, they don't care as much as I care. I may even be tempted to think that maybe they're just a little bit lazy. I think sometimes we demand people to be as busy as we are for whatever reason. Thursday nights are our trash nights. Uh, This is the night that we gather all of our trash and set it out on the curb. And my wife gets all the kids to go around the house getting all the trash from the uh, bathrooms, and she places it there, and she looks at me, and she says, Tony, will you take the trash to the curb? 
And most times I do. Most times I say, yes, let me go grab it and take it out there. Uh, unless, of course, it's Thursday night football. Then those nights I kind of say, okay, I will when I get to it, okay? I, I want to see what happens, you know, halftime, end of the game, I can go do it. All right? But there have been times where I've forgotten. And so my wife, when I don't do it immediately, grabs it and takes it out herself. And I think that sometimes we do this. When we're in the midst of whatever we're doing and someone else isn't pulling their, uh, pull, their weight and how it should go according to what we think, we just take it over from them. We want people to be as busy as we are because busyness is a sign that they care. Martha demands that Jesus ask Mary to be as busy as she is. And the second thing that she does in asking this of Jesus is that she asks Jesus to bless her busyness. I mean, just think of this. She's not only asking Jesus to tell Martha to get up off her butt, she's telling Jesus, Jesus, I need help and you need to bless this, what I'm doing for you. When we as a society make busyness a badge of honor, it can be one of those things that we demand Jesus and God to bless what we're doing even before we've asked him what we should be doing. And I think so many times in our lives we fill our schedules with everything that we want to do. And once we have our schedule filled, we then go to God and say, God, bless this. Martha is so distracted that she's missed out on something very, very important. See, Jesus is a traveling preacher. When we read the gospel story, Jesus is constantly on the move. Yes, he comes to some towns more than once. He obviously came to Bethany more than one time in his life. But usually he didn't stay for very long. And while Martha's in this big hustle to get this meal prepared for Jesus just right, Mary has recognized that Jesus isn't going to be around for very long. And so rather than asking Jesus to bless the busyness in her life, Mary just sits down and listens to what Jesus has to say. She stops. For just a moment. But Martha allows her busyness to control her life. And when we're asking God to bless our busyness, more often than not, it's because we're allowing everything around us, all the distractions, all the busyness, to control who we are rather than living for Jesus. Well, Jesus responds to Martha's demands by saying this in the end of this section. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. 
See, Martha, in the midst of her busyness, misses Jesus, and more importantly, she misses the most important thing Jesus says. See, when we allow busyness to be who we are, we can miss what is very important in life. Uh, Jesus says that there's a lot of things that you're worried about, Martha, but there's really only one thing that is needed. And there's, scholars are really divided on exactly what Jesus meant by this. It's possible that Martha is preparing a big feast for Jesus. I mean, just think about what we're going to be doing on Thursday night, right? We're going to have turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing and, and carrots or green beans, whichever one your family does, the, the, the marshmallow stuff that my grandma always makes. All right, we're going to have this huge feast on our table, right? And it's possible that that's what Martha is preparing for Jesus, this big Thanksgiving feast for Jesus. And Jesus looks at her and says, you know what? You're worried about all these dishes, but all we need is one thing. I mean, all we need really is pizza, Martha. We don't have to have this big thing. We can have pizza and be satisfied. And so it's possible that that's what Jesus is saying here, but I think, I think it goes a little deeper than just how much dishes Martha's preparing. I think in the midst of her distractions, she's missed out on Jesus himself. Our lives are full of distractions. I mean, we have work, we have TV, we have kids. We have house projects, we have Facebook, we have Netflix, Hulu, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. And sometimes I think we're so concerned about these things that we miss out of sitting at Jesus' feet. If we're so concerned about our snap streaks more than we're concerned about sitting at Jesus' feet, there's a problem. Martha has missed out on Jesus because of her busyness. And it's not that her busyness is terrible. I mean, Jesus doesn't com condemn her for everything that she's doing. He's just saying, you're missing out. And a lot of times, the things that we do, the busyness in our lives, it's for good things. You know, we do go to work and have busyness at work so that we can feed our families. You know, we do a lot of the busyness at school so that we can learn and grow in our knowledge. We do a lot of the things that we do, and we busy our lives with them for good things. But sometimes we choose the good stuff over the better stuff. And Jesus here says that Mary has chosen the better. We cannot allow the busyness of the good to make us miss the betterness of Jesus. Stillness at the feet of Jesus is the only busy work we need in life. There are times in our lives where we just need to be still. 
See, life is going to be busy. And if you can just stop for a moment and be still for a moment, all the busyness of life is still going to be there, and it's okay. It's okay to be still for just a moment. And I think that in our lives of busyness, in our chaos that is life, God is calling us to stop and to be still. One of my favorite stories uh, from the Old Testament is the story of Elijah. Uh, Elijah was this prophet who lived in Israel, and, and the kings of Israel were not very good people, and they had led the Israelites away from God to worship the Baals. And here Elijah is feeling like he's the only one that's following God. And he's preaching, and he's preaching, and he's preaching about God, and no one is listening. So God, Elijah comes up with a challenge to the Israelites, and he gets them onto Mount Carmel. And he says, let's pray to our gods, let's build altars, and whosoever God, the Baals, or my God, whoever's God answers first, he is the true God. And the Israelites are, sure, what, let's do that. So the Baal prophets, they just dance and dance and dance and do all kinds of crazy stuff, and nothing happens all day. And Elijah gets up, says a very simple prayer, and God answers by sending fire down from heaven. Well, the, not everyone's happy with the outcome of this challenge. In fact, the queen of Israel, she tells Elijah that if he's not dead by the next day, then, then may the bells condemn me. And so Elijah does the only natural thing that most of us would do. He runs away. And he goes all the way to Mount Horeb. And at Mount Horeb, he has a conversation with God where God says, hey, I'm going to come talk to you. And while he's there, a wind storm comes, and it breaks the mountain apart. And after the windstorm, there's an earthquake that shakes the foundation of this mountain. And after the earthquake, there's a fire that consumes the mountain. And in all these things, we're told that God is not in them. Think about that. These marvelous, magnificent, mighty things, God was not in them. But after that, we're told that God comes in a whisper. God wants to meet us when we're still. Stillness at the feet of Jesus is the only busy work we need to do. The psalmist said it this way. He said, be still and know that I am God. God wants us to be still. God wants to teach us about him when we are still in the moment. And it doesn't have to be all day that we're still. It just is a moment of stillness where God will speak to us. Sometimes God doesn't want us to be busy. He wants us to wait for him. God had called Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And after some ten marvelous plagues, God brings the Israelites out. Moses is leading them. They come to the Red Sea. And as they're sitting there at the Red Sea, surrounded by mountains with the sea in front of them, waiting for the next day, here come the Egyptians. And the Egyptians have these chariots and these mighty weapons ready to destroy the Israelites. And the Israelites turn to Moses and say, 
Moses, why did you bring us here? Why did we just die in Egypt? And in the midst of that, Moses says this. He says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. There are so many things in life that we busy ourselves with because we're worried about tomorrow. But our God wants to fight for us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to be on our side. The only thing that we need to do is to be still. Jesus told his disciples this in Matthew chapter 6. He says, don't worry about what you shall eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear. The pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Think about that statement right there. It's not like God wakes up one day and is like, oh man, he needs a house. Okay? God knows what you need. And Jesus says, don't worry about them, rather seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things that you're worried about, they'll be added to you. Stillness at the feet of Jesus is the only work we need to do. So here's my question for you. Are you sitting at the feet of Jesus. And this sometimes can be a difficult question to answer. Are we taking time to busy ourselves with stillness? With stopping from everything to just listen to what he has to say. Life is busy, and it's going to be busy no matter where in life we are at. It's never going to get to a place where we're thinking to ourselves, what can I do next? Because there is going to be something. And when we get to these moments in life where it's just constantly busy, a lot of the times that that happens, we often get to the place where we feel like we can be tempted where we can be tempted to miss out on the worship of God with other believers. For some of us, we are so busy that sometimes Sunday morning is the only day we have to sleep in, or it's the only day that we have to spend time with our family. For some of us, though, it's also the only day that we open up this book and read from it. And so when we are so busy that we are missing out on a ton of opportunities to sit at Jesus' feet, then the number one thing that needs to happen is this. We need to not give in to temptation to skip on worship on Sunday. Don't miss church. The author of Hebrews said it this way. He says, let us consider how we can spur one another on to love and good deeds not forsaking, not giving up the meeting together as the habit of some. There were people in the first century world who were tempted to skip out on church. And the author of Hebrews says, don't do that. If we want 
to be still in front of Jesus' feet, then sometimes that means carving out this one hour out of your week to be still. To hear what Jesus has to say. The other thing I think we can do is this. We can get into groups. Whether that's a small group, whether that's a Sunday school class, whether that's an adult Bible fellowship, we can get into groups. Because honestly, I talked to you for about 30 minutes, and that's not enough time to learn everything that Jesus wants to teach you. I mean, there's so many more topics that we can talk about that I just, I mean, if we were honest, I could talk about this particular subject for another hour, and, and you guys would be missing out on lunch, and you'd be kind of upset about me, right? All right, so, so we're not going to do that. So you need to get into a group. Maybe that means you come early on Sunday morning. Just another hour early. For to be honest, most of you wake up that time throughout the week. It shouldn't be that hard. Sundays are actually the only days that I actually get up at like 5 o'clock in the morning. Every other day, it's 6. But we can do this. If you need a small group, all right, 1411 Bennington, every Sunday at 4.15 p.m., there's a small group at that house. You're more than welcome to come. We need to find time to be at Jesus' feet. This is really the only thing that matters. I mean, we can, we can work until we're dead. But after that, a lot of it's going to be determined by how often we were listening to Jesus and how often we were taking what we had learned and putting it to practice in our life. So if there's one thing that we need in our life, it's this. To be still at the feet of Jesus. Father, let us learn what it means to be still. Father, teach us the discipline of just stopping for just a moment and hearing from you. Lord, it can be crazy not to worry. It can be crazy not to, to just find things to do because there's always something and Lord, when those temptations come to not sit at your feet, I pray that you give us the strength and the power to just stop and to wait on you. We thank you for Jesus, Lord, who died the death that we deserved. He comes to the house of Martha and sits down for a meal and who just teaches us for a moment on what the most important thing is. Help us not to choose the good over the better. Help us instead to just find stillness at your feet for just a moment. In your name we pray. Amen.